0: Welcome to the Made Musings podcast, the show where we talk about different issues that affect people emotionally, physically and mentally and we are amplifying the voices of people living with disabilities and limitations and breaking the stigmas. So, in this series we are discussing infertility in both male and females and with me today we have dr mike beckley dr mike beckley is an acupuncturist in the us and is the first to specialize in the treatment of infertility he has been in this field for 23 years his clinic the beckley center for reproductive wellness works in conjunction with some of new york's most prestigious endocrinologists in Delivering patient-centered treatments to patients around New York. So, welcome to the Make News podcast. Yeah, it's,
1: it's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me on as a guest. I appreciate You're
0: it. You're welcome. So, can you tell us uh, more about you, Dr. Mike?
1: So, I'm I'm here in New York City, and um, <clears throat> I'm. Uh, a licensed and board-certified acupuncturist and a board-certified herbalist and um, I graduated in 1996 uh, with a four-year degree in uh, acupuncture and then I went back to school for two more years to do a program in herbal medicine and uh, I started practice I guess in 1997 and then in 1998 so my wife and I were trying to have a child and she could not, she was facing infertility problems. And I was not an acupuncturist at that time. Oh. Um, my son is 25 years old, I've been in practice 23 years. So he, I was not in practice, but she got treated by an acupuncturist and an herbalist. Oh, and wow. she got pregnant and now I have, uh, I have a 25 year old guy in the house, so it never stops bothering me. No, I'm just kidding. I love him to death. Um, and so, you know, when I when I saw what happened with her, and then I went to acupuncture school, and I decided that I was going to devote my life to learning about reproductive medicine on two fronts, yeah. on the Western medicine side and on the Chinese medicine side. Now, I am not a Western-trained physician. I'm not a medical doctor. But yeah. I study a lot of Western reproductive medicine because I think... It's very important to know both when you're treating a patient. You know, I had a friend who was an acupuncturist. And I thought, wow, that's weird. And they said, look, you're invited to an open house on September 5th, you know. And I said, let me go and check it out. So I went just for an open house. I found it very interesting. And then I decided (laughs) I was going to take one class. And at this point, I was already working for another company. And it was very funny because they would have meetings every Wednesday night but I was going to school Wednesday night and I said, listen, I can't come to the meetings. And the boss said, no problem. Then I took more classes. I said, listen, I can't work Mondays. He said, no problem. (laughs) Then I started to take more classes. I said, I can't work Thursdays. He said, listen, it's nice knowing you. I wish you the best. Good luck. (laughs) And he fired me. And um, acupuncture school for four years for acupuncture. And I went back for two years for herbal medicine and I graduated in 1996. Started in practice in 1997. Started treating fertility cases in 1998, and that's all I've been doing since
0: 1998. Oh wow, that is so fascinating! I mean, to be treating infertility is like—I mean, you are like Santa, but you actually don't look like Santa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I bring gifts. I bring gifts. Great
0: gift <laughs> <women> <laughs> to
1: the world. Great <laughs> <laughs> to bring the gift of pregnancy.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us how that helps in treating infertility? I'm quite interested in really.
1: it. Sure. So, there are many reasons for infertility. Some of them are physical reasons. For example, the woman has a problem with the uterus. The man can have a severe varicocele, which makes him have greatly diminished quantity of sperm. Um, A woman can have blocked tubes. All these things that cannot be dealt with with acupuncture and herbal medicine. This must be dealt with by a medical doctor, by a reproductive endocrinologist. However, there are three, well, there are more than three things. There are many things that can be treated successfully with acupuncture and herbal medicine. And those basic things that we can really improve upon are egg quality, sperm quality, and lining quality. So the way acupuncture works acupuncture hyperstimulates blood flow to the ovaries. Inside of the ovaries are the follicles and inside of the follicles are the eggs. So why is it such a big deal to increase the delivery of blood flow to this area? Because blood is simply a messenger carrying FSH and LH from the brain, yeah. carrying nutrient products from your food, oxygen electrolytes delivering all of these things to the follicles helping to nourish the eggs and and when the blood returns it takes away dead cells which are called debris and so essentially we're delivering more good things to the follicles and we're taking out more bad things from the follicles and as yeah. a result we can very frequently get better egg quality the same is true in the man who does not have anatomical or genetic defects for example mm-hmm. there are men that have low count poor morphology poor motility sperm dna fragmentation but there is no genetic mm-hmm. underpinning there is no physical underpinning it's just uh, uh, perhaps biochemical hormonal and acupuncture works very very well in these cases to improve the sperm parameters now as far as the lining is concerned one of the big reasons that the uterine lining can thin is because there are things called receptor sites in the lining and these receptor sites are the home if you will of estrogen and estrogen makes the lining thick and rich so even if they lining is like this so we do acupuncture and we put electrical stimulation on this okay so you know for example if a patient comes in and she's trying to conceive Here. and she's unable to conceive and she tells me that she has pain with intercourse mm-hmm. and pain with defecation when she's menstruating and a lot of pain when she's ovulating what is the very first thing that I think of? Instantly, I think this patient probably has endometriosis. Yeah. So let's send her to the doctor and have her get a pelvic MRI or a laparoscopy to rule that out. So it's yeah. only because of my Western medical knowledge that that I can I can make this determination. A woman comes in and she has some hair up here in her lip,
0: and yeah. she has
1: a little hair on her chin. Yeah. And she's ob- overweight and i ask about her period and she says i just menstruate every once in a while i know immediately what this case is this case okay. is a polycystic ovarian syndrome case all um, right
0: how, you, how can you tell that
1: because when a woman is hairy and when she has too much acne uh this is caused from too much androgen which yeah. is a male hormone and polycystic ovarian syndrome women always have or 99 percent of the time have elevated androgen and 50 percent of pcos patients are overweight morbidly obese and 50 percent are normal morphic which means just normal body regular normal body yeah but you know certainly it's a it's like a classic sign you see an obese woman with a lot of acne and and hair you know right away uh it's probably pcos so i'm going to send her right to the reproductive endocrinologist uh, get her evaluated, and then work in conjunction. The reproductive endocrinologist is going to do the first thing, a few things. He yeah. or she is going to do a hysterosalpingogram to make sure her tubes are good. He's going to do an ultrasound to see if she has any any follicles other than cysts. Hmm. Uh, and then he's going to put her on 100 milligrams of Clomid and say do intercourse. If that doesn't work, he'll put her on another 100 milligrams and do a intrauterine insemination. Now, Since we're talking about polycystic ovarian patients, I'll just jump, I'm going to stay on this track for a minute. So one thing about the PCOS patient is because they have too much androgen, the androgen is is circulating in the body, but they also have too much androgen in the follicles. And androgen in the follicles get converted to estrogen. And so if you have too much androgen, it Mm -hmm. may not get all converted to estrogen. So what happens is, the excess androgen causes poor egg quality. And what happens as a result? Two things. Number one, she has a hard time getting pregnant. But number yeah. two, number two, the PCOS patient has twice as likely a chance to miscarry as the non-PCOS population. So what is the moral of the story? The moral <laughs> of the story is that the PCOS patient has actually two problems. Number one, they're oligoovulatory, which means they just ovulate once in a while. But huh. number two, they have bad egg quality. So yeah. I cannot make them ovulate. The, 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 the Western doctor, the reproductive doctor, can make them ovulate with a Clomid. But the reproductive endocrinologist can do nothing for the patient's egg quality. Yeah. I, however, can. So the marriage of East meets West in reproductive medicine should be a beautiful loving great fantastic marriage and this is why i encourage patients to use both
0: yeah it's and would that also work for men as well
1: yeah another good question so men have uh men can have a couple of different problems we know some of them are very obvious So, for example, it can be low sperm count, can be poor motility, which means the sperm does not swim in a straight line, can be poor morphology, which is the shape of the sperm. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be low volume. So what does that mean? It means when a man ejaculates, he doesn't ejaculate, his ejaculate is so small that it doesn't contain enough sperm to to fertilize uh, an egg. And so why do these problems occur? So they can occur for many different reasons. They can occur from Exogenous insult meaning meaning the body has been attacked if you will by by pathogens from outside of the body Let me give you an example. Yeah. Anybody that works with certain chemicals or radioactive products um, People that used to work in uh, Film developing laboratories. Yeah. yeah, these things all affect the sperm sometimes Uh, children have uh, uh, their testicles don't descend and so when they get older they have to have a surgery that can cause havoc on the sperm men can get something called a varicocele where the the veins and the blood vessels in the testicles expand and the blood fills that area but the blood does not move Mm -hmm. and so when you have something that does not move it becomes inflammatory and the inflammatory, which is heat, kills sperm. In fact, the reason the testicles are outside of the body and not inside of them, there's a reason for it. <laughs> the reason is, is that the testicles are cooler. They are cooler in temperature outside. than the rest of the body. And so there are genetic problems. One problem is called microdeletion of the Y chromosome. So if a man has that, he will have no sperm. no ejaculated sperm and no sperm in the testicles so these kinds of things um when you have a genetic abnormality uh or a severe varicocele uh or even a hormonal imbalance like men don't have enough some men don't have enough testosterone yeah acupuncture and herbal medicine cannot cannot help these men but You have many cases of idiopathic sperm anomalies, which to the listener means sperm problems due to no known cause. There is no physical problems like varicocele. There's no genetic problems. There's no chromosomal problems. Um, There's a test called a karyotype, and the karyotype essentially is a photograph of all the chromosomes. They have normal karyotypes. So we don't know why. They have sperm problems in the absence of these things. But the good news is if they have poor morphology, motility, count, any of that stuff uh, that is not related to genetic or chromosomal problems or you know pathogenic problems, acupuncture and herbs are very good at increasing count, increasing motility, correcting morphology, maybe even increasing sperm volume. So acupuncture is very good with herbs to help some men in some circumstances. Um, a semen analysis as is currently done everywhere in the world is a very inadequate test a very inadequate test yeah and the reason it's an inadequate test is because there is a very important severe and detrimental sperm pathology that is hardly ever tested
0: Um,
1: i'm going to tell you right now i call it a hidden pathology so the pathology is called sperm DNA fragmentation and when a man it goes in percentages and I'll explain what it is in a minute but let me tell you the percentages if a man has sperm DNA fragmentation of 0 to 15 percent he has good fertility outcomes 15 to 29 percent good to fair outcomes above 29 percent or let's say 30 percent the man is not going to get any woman pregnant now why not because when you have DNA fragmentation in the sperm yeah Guess what? The sperm cannot do. The sperm cannot penetrate the egg. Wow! And so this is a major cause for infertility. Now what many reproductive endocrinologists will say, and again, with respect, with the utmost respect, I disagree with them. What they will say is, don't worry. If the man has sperm DNA fragmentation, we're going to do ICSI, I-C-S-I which is intracytoplasmic sperm injection where they literally take a syringe and inject the sperm into the egg and they go aha yeah. okay now, now we fertilize the egg but what i say to the doctor is you have possibly fertilized the egg with a sperm that has dna fragmentation so you have overcome the lack of fertilization capability of the sperm but you know what the sperm that has high level of sperm dna fragmentation has all kinds of problems, and you're going to end up with an aneuploidic embryo, which means an embryo with chromosomal uh, uh, anomalies, disorders. Now, most reproductive endocrinologists will say this, and they are correct, generally speaking. They will say the majority of of, uh, chromosomal abnormalities in an embryo come from the woman, and that is scientifically true. However, I put to you for your consideration that if you inject an egg, with a chromosomally abnormal sperm, you're going to get an aneuploidic embryo. You're going to get an embryo that will not yield a pregnancy. Now, again, the doctor can do nothing for this patient. The only thing they can do, oh, let me just make one thing perfectly clear. Sometimes ICSI with a DNA fragmented sperm yields a good outcome. It yields a pregnancy and a live birth. So I'm not gonna say it it never happens, but I can tell you this story. Here's a couple, they did 10 IUIs and 10 IVFs, they spent a million dollars and they never got pregnant they forgot about it, right? And five years later they made love and guess what? She got pregnant and had twins and everything was beautiful. So, you know, <laughs> anything can happen, right? We can win the lotto, anything can happen. So it's true, when you do ICSI, yes, you can get pregnant and, and deliver a baby, <gasps> but many times you get pregnant and miscarry or you don't get pregnant
0: so, at all. Just to so, ac- you there, so what did yeah, the, yeah. Couple, the couple, what did they do right? this last time to get pregnant
1: so for example let's say a man has sperm dna fragmentation of 40 percent yeah right i'm picking a very high number he is not getting his wife pregnant there's no way so in that case when i when i have the patient i have a new patient and i ask the woman a million questions most of my patients are women and i ask her did your husband get a semen analysis she says yes of course the numbers are pretty good the count is not so great But it's not bad. The doctor said, don't worry about it. the morphology. It's mostly good, but it's not 100%. And I'll say, listen, did your husband get a sperm DNA fragmentation? No, what's that? My doctor never mentioned anything. And I will say, listen, I'll explain it to the patient, to the woman. And say you must send your husband to this doctor and get this test done. So then the guy comes back and he has 42% or 30% or 39% DNA fragmentation. And I tell her, you're not getting pregnant. So you uh, may be my patient. You may not be my patient. You know, you're a 32-year-old woman. Nothing's wrong with you you need to not come back to me, but you need to send your husband. To. And I will treat the husband with acupuncture and herbs and correct, reduce the sperm DNA fragmentation. And then either she'll get pregnant naturally, or maybe she does have problems. So they have to do an IVF. Maybe she has bilateral tubal block or adhesions. So they must do an IVF, but at least you know the IVF has a good chance of working because now that the embryo has a good chance of being euploidic, meaning chromosomally normal. So that's how you address the sperm DNA issue.
0: Just to understand you better, the acupuncture helps to balance the DNA.
1: No, I don't want to put it it that way. I don't want to put it that way because Mm -hmm. forgive me, I'm not standing up walking around, but I'll give the viewers a little... A little tour of the city as we're talking. So I don't want to say, I can't honestly say that acupuncture corrects the DNA in the sperm because there's no evidence to support that. You know, if some doctor said to me, prove it, I would stand there like an idiot and say, I cannot prove it. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't have I don't have the data. I don't have this there's no studies, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So to be honest with you and to be honest with the listeners, I don't fully understand the mechanism of action of improvement of the sperm. I don't understand it. Okay. But I'm willing to say I don't have to understand it. If I treat 100 men with sperm DNA fragmentation above 30%, out of that 100 men, I will tell you this, about 60 to 65% of those men will have their sperm DNA levels, their sperm DNA fragmentation levels lower. It may not lower all the way. I'm not going to tell you it's going to go yeah. from 40 to zero. But as long as it's between... Uh, zero and you know let's say 20 percent something like that they have a very good chance so i can't tell you how the acupuncture and the herbs work but i can tell you that that it works
0: okay and how does acupuncture work for the females. There are different reasons why women are faced with infertility. Uh, For instance, there are women that have endometriosis, there are women that have hormonal imbalance, there are women that have fibroids. How does acupuncture work for women in this situation? Okay, so let's let's take one
1: of those topics. Let's take endometriosis. That's a very good topic to talk about. let let me think of how I'm going to explain this. So first of all, the mean time, the average time to diagnosis in the endometriosis patient, it's going to differ depending upon what you read, but I'm going to put it this way. It's between nine and a half and, and 11 years. So a woman will have endometriosis and maybe between nine, the ninth year, the 10th year, the 11th year, She'll get diagnosed properly. Meantime, she has pain and she goes to the gynecologist and the gynecologist, don't worry about it. Take two Advil. You'll be fine. Uh, go have a baby. Yeah. The, the gynecologist is going to check you for, for, for uh, she's going to do pap smears for cervical cancer. She's going to check, you know, for breast cancer. She's going to do a general gynecologic exam, yeah. but she's not doing an in-depth, deep, uh, intricate fertility exam. She doesn't know how, well, he doesn't know how. So the patient must see a reproductive endocrinologist. But anyway, let's talk about endometriosis. So first of all, why does endometriosis cause infertility? Uh, So there are several reasons.
0: So what symptoms do women usually come to you with for you to diagnose that they have endometriosis?
1: Yeah. So endometriosis, it's not so much that they, they, they come to me with symptoms. Let's not look at it from that perspective. Let's look at it from a different perspective. A woman comes to me because she can't get pregnant. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. So I'm asking her many, many questions. Now, endometriosis is a very difficult disorder. Here's why. You can have a woman who has severe debilitating pain when she menstruates, when she ovulates, when she has sexual intercourse, when she defecates. These are all signs, obvious signs of endometriosis. But a woman can have severe uh, what's called deep infiltrating. you know, It's like digging into her, her pelvis and other parts of her body. Severe deep infiltrating endometriosis yeah. without one single sign or symptom. Zero pain, zero pain, zero pain. You would not know in a million years. So you can have a tiny, tiny little bit of endometriosis and have severe pain where you're out of work for one week every month. And then you can have severe endometriosis all over your body and have zero pain. And that's why it takes such a long time to diagnose. But anyway, let's say that you have a patient. She's 30 years old. I'm just making this up. She's 30 years old. The husband's 30 years old. Every single test has been done in the world on these both of them. And nothing comes up, nothing, zero. And they've been trying for three years. She's using an ovulation predictor kit. She's done two or three IUIs. Uh, I say to myself, the test that has not been done. She's had a hundred tests, and he's had a hundred tests, but there's not there's one test that she hasn't been done. She hasn't been tested for endometriosis. How then do you determine they have endometriosis? So. I don't like just to one, two, three, send somebody for a laparoscopy because that's a surgical procedure. <laughs> so uh, sometimes when a woman has what's called an endometrioma, this is a big endometriotic tumor, if you will, it, it resides on the ovary or you know one of the ovaries. So the doctor can see it with a transvaginal ultrasound. But yeah. if the woman doesn't have it on the ovaries, you cannot see endometriosis from an ultrasound. So there's another way possible sometimes that you can diagnose endometriosis without laparoscopy, which is doing a pelvic MRI. So that's one thing. And then there's a, a, a protein, a recent protein that's been discovered that I'm not ultimately familiar with, but I'll just tell you what I know. It's called BCL6. And if a woman has elevated BCL6, it may be, I'm not hundred percent sure on this. I have to study it more but it may be an indicator that she has endometriosis. So for any of the listeners, if you think you have endometriosis, speak to your doctor about BCL-6. Um, so now let's talk about endometriosis and acupuncture and herbs. So here, I'm going to yeah. create a story. I'm making the story up, but the story is completely representative of 10,000 cases that I've seen. Well, maybe not 10,000, but, but thousands. So here's the, here's the deal. The patient is, in fact, in fact, diagnosed with stage four endometriosis which is a pretty severe level of endometriosis she she how was she diagnosed she's diagnosed with a laparoscopy and for those of you who don't know what that is it's a it's a it's a device where they they usually go through the belly button and they can visualize through a scope the inside of your your pelvis your pelvic environment and then there's another tool that goes in and that can resect or cut out the endometriosis now let me explain about endometriosis when the doctor's in the pelvis and he or she the surgeon is doing this laparoscopic procedure to eliminate endometriosis Uh what tissue do they take out how do they know what tissue to take out how do they know if you look at your face in the mirror and you don't see any pimples on your face, then you're not gonna take any medicine for the pimples. Why would you put medicine for pimples on your face if you have no pimples? You can only sure. know you have a pimple. How can you know it? Because you see it, yeah? So in endometriosis, when the doctor's in there,
0: how does the doctor see the pimple? How does the doctor see the endometriosis? Of course, they must have a way of identifying the endometriotic tissues. The
1: answer is endometriotic adhesions are discolored. They are powder-burned black, like a gunshot, like a burnt piece of paper, black or purple or gray. Endometriotic adhesions have different colors. So the doctor sees it and the doctor says, oh, look, 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 look. I see this this black spot there. There's a red spot. There's a purple spot. I'm going to cut it out. Okay, beautiful. They cut it out. They take all the endometriosis out. They can be in the woman for six hours doing surgery. So they're in there a long time, four or five, six hours doing the surgery. Uh, she's finished. She recovers for a month. She's feeling much better. No more pain. Her tubes are totally fine. The husband is 30 years old, good sperm, no problem. Guess what? She still can't get pregnant.
0: Why is that?
1: Exactly the question. Why is that? Here's why. Because some endometriotic tissue looks exactly like normal tissue so the doctor will not resect normal tissue otherwise you just take your entire pelvis and throw it in the garbage (laughs) and you'd be dead you know you know they're not going to take out some tissue that looks perfectly normal and a lot of endometriotic tissue looks like normal tissue so they resect all the obvious endometriosis but sometimes they leave endometriosis in the woman so she has good tubes, why can't she get pregnant? Because there's a couple of reasons. Uh, this becomes a little complicated, we won't go too deep into it, but there's something called pinopodes, P-I-N-O, P-O-D-E-S, pinopodes. And pinopodes are these elevations in the uterus that have to do with uh, adhesion, to the quality of adhesion. And adhesion is necessary because the uterus or I should say the embryo becomes adhesed to the uterus. It's kind of like you can, you can look at these pinnapodes as like uh, glue. How do these pinnacles affect fertility? So in the endometriosis patient, the pinnapodes don't elevate. That's number one. So you're going to have a difficult time with implantation. Number two, endometriosis is called a pro-inflammatory cytokine disorder, which essentially means that this is an inflammatory disorder as are 99.9% of all disorders, essentially. But in any event, it's an inflammatory disorder. So what happens is some of these pro-inflammatory cytokines find their way into the uterine cavity. Now let's just stop there for a minute. Remember before when we were talking about male factor and I said the testicles are outside of the body because they have to be cooler than the rest of the body. So that means there is a within normal limits temperature range in the testicles. If you go above that range or below that range, it's going to affect the sperm. It is the same exact case for the uterus. Even though the uterus is inside of the body, the uterus has a within normal range temperature gradient. So if you have all these pro-inflammatory cytokines leaking or circulating or finding their way into the uterus, you're going to have a uterine cavity that is inflamed. And, I don't want to say it's endometritis because it's not. That's a different type of inflammation. But you're going to have an, inf- an inflammatory environment in the uterus. And obviously, the embryo is going to say, no, 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 this is way too hot for me. I can't live in here. And she's not going to get pregnant. The acupuncture herbs reduce significantly inflammation in the uterus. And so what happens is you're creating a more viable, friendly receptive uterine environment and therefore the embryo will say ah this feels very good I'm going to lay down and relax and take it take in the sun man give me a dirty (laughs) martini and it's going to relax in the uterus and implant and she will get pregnant and have a baby
0: we have asked them how why or where can they reach you if they want to Oh, oh,
1: oh, okay. You're giving you. me a beautiful segue into 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 telling about where I am. That's very kind. I appreciate it. Yeah. So anybody that wants to find out more can visit my website, which is berkeleycenter.com. And Berkeley is spelled B as in boy, E-R-K-L-E-Y, berkeleycenter.com. I'm in New York City. Of course, I realized that uh, you guys are in the UK, but I want you to know that I do telephone This is telephone all, about yeah. all
0: about the world. People listen to my podcast all over the world.
1: Okay, so even this way, if, it's, if you're not in New York, I don't care if you're in the UK, if you're in Italy, if you're in Spain, if you're in Brazil, whatever, I will do telephone consults. So why should you do a telephone consult with me? Because, number one, I'm able to find some some pathological presentation that your doctor didn't pick up on just through asking you questions. Number two, if you want to go to an acupuncturist, but you tell me, listen, I have acupuncturists in my neighborhood, but they all do back pain and neck pain and headaches. They, they don't know anything about fertility. No problem. Here's why. Because when I do the phone consult with you, I'm going to design an acupuncture points protocol. And I email it to you. Just give it to the acupuncturist and they know what points to use.
0: All right. And then
1: I can write an herbal prescription for you. You can buy the herbs from the States or you can buy the herbs where you are if they're available. So reach out to me. I'm happy to help you. Even if you want to reach out to me to ask me questions and you don't want to become a patient No problem. I'm here on this earth to help human beings. I'm not here to rip your pockets out. So even if you don't want to be a patient or you you can't afford to be my patient, whatever it is, I don't care. I'm here to help you. So if you have questions, feel free to get in touch with me. I will answer your questions. No charge, no money, no nothing, no problem.
0: Oh, thank you for that. Oh, of that is so generous of you. I was going to say, well, uh, I'm going to be cheeky and ask for a discount for my listeners. Uh,
1: any, listen, any anybody that comes to, to to me through you that wants to have the console, I'm going to forget this. So you remember and please let them remember, we'll give them a 15% discount. So, oh. the, you know, the, the fee for the phone consult is 175 U.S yeah so whatever 15 percent off is take 15 percent off you know what take 20 percent off let's do it even better let's take do it 25 off.
0: 25 done
1: yeah. done 25 done yeah. easy no problem wow i want to i want to help people i don't care about the money and i mean i need money because i have to pay my rent too but yeah just, just figure out what 25 percent
0: is off of 175 and that's the fee for any oh brilliant and the uh, one last thing I know we live in this world with COVID and everything. How do we handle things?
1: Well, listen, I I must admit, I, I don't know a lot about the relationship between COVID and fertility. I haven't studied it. And the reason I haven't studied it is because I just can't study everything. So I don't really know how COVID affects fertility. But I will say this. I don't know what's going on in the rest of the world. But in New York City... IVF clinics are open, acupuncture clinics are open, and we're behaving differently than we used to behave. So we have to wear masks, and not only the regular, you know, this, this mask, this regular mask, but we wear a plastic shield, yeah. and we sterilize every room between patients with these UVC machines, and so it's a very different world now, but it's safe to come in, uh, at least here. I don't know what people are doing in other parts of the world. But in New York, I I don't even know what they're doing in the rest of the country, in America. But in New York City, listen, if a patient goes to an IVF center and gets COVID, or the patient gets COVID in my center, we're basically out of business. We're done. So it it behooves us to make sure that we are very safe and keeping the patient very safe.
0: Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Uh, Dr. Mike. It's been amazing. Our podcast, the Meet Musings podcast, is available. On podbean Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocketcast, Amazon Podcast, TuneIn on Alexa, Breaker, Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We are also available on Listen Notes, Radio Public, HiHat Radio. Just search for Meet Musings on any of the social media platforms keep liking keep following keep sharing and keep downloading thank you